0: Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster, and I'm joined by two members of the Super League. What's up, Sarah and Gene?
1: Hey Dave. Hey Gene. Um I don't know if I consider my league super, um, but it's definitely better than Premier or Elite. Um, definitely up there with championship. Um, my name is Sarah Siders. You can find me on Twitter at at Sarah Siders, you can find the show at Potadelfia. And my
2: name is Gene Zilek. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And um, if I was in the Super League, I would probably be the Tottenham Hotspur of the Potadelphia Super League. That team that you're like, sure, they should be there. <laughs> That's the joke. That's
0: it. That's it. I, don't, well, I don't. I don't That's don't really the people. <laughs> I guess I'm just not too deep into English Premier League. I mean, I, I, I follow Tottenham. That's kind of like my team. I'm a Harry Kane fan. But w- oh, yeah. uh, w- why don't they belong there, Gene?
2: Well, not that they don't belong there. It's just you know when you if you're the, if you're a casual like uh, I think uh, I might be. Um, yeah. You know you see the. The Manchester United, the Manchester yeah. Cities, the Arsenal's of the world—these are all things that have like books and movies written about them. Right. Um, okay. And then there's Tottenham, who's got a chicken on their shirt.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't it be a rooster? Isn't it a rooster? I don't um, know. There's not chickens. Come. Uh, well, I mean, it depends how they feel inside, really.
0: on, <laughs> <laughs> <When> you Spurs. <laughs> look, look, people are very passionate about this Super League. Um, but like when I look at it so all right yeah the the story is there's like 16 um soccer clubs and there are football clubs and they all want to leave or they want to get together and they form a super league where they're just gonna keep really the they're just gonna eliminate any possibility of other teams uh having notoriety or exposure in what 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 is really the equivalent of the champions league right now I kind of basically right. have that. And that's why people are upset because there's these there's these relegated clubs that get promoted and, and sometimes you know uh, a, a club comes from from below and, and makes its way and there's just no opportunity for that to happen under the uh, uh, under the structure of a super league,
2: right? Because basically with a super league you would kill off if they if that super league leaves the Champions League tournament you would basically kill off that tournament it would no longer be relevant because all of the best teams would not be participating.
0: Or in the Super League. So
2: So, the idea being that sometimes if you are able to finish in a certain zone, each each regional league gets their own number of places in the Champions League. Some leagues get two, some get one, Mm -hmm. some get four or five, depending on how big and impressive your league is. FIFA gives you more um, places. So uh, that also equates to a lot of extra money for the club. So if you make that tournament, you get to bring in a whole lot more re- revenue. So if you're a club like Leeds or somebody else, for example, that goes on a really hot run, gets into that position where you would make the Champions League, um, then that becomes really important for your club. Right. Um, so by killing that <laughs> tournament off and taking that revenue away, you're you're really doing great damage to the entire system of league
0: football but let let me ask this is it is the is the united states sports structure like i don't know like let's look at major league baseball or whatever isn't it already super league or or, or the nba isn't the nba already super league don't we just basically already have this structure pretty much everywhere else in the world
1: well i don't know about everywhere else in the world um in, in the united states it, what we have is franchises so they don't have that independence of these clubs to make a decision i don't think the philadelphia eagles can go hey us and the toronto argonauts are starting our own league who's coming with us um so i, I don't really know if there's a, a true comparable but i guess they are like the the super league in that they can keep people out, and it's a closed league, as they say. So, but they're so much larger. It's re- It's it's really hard to say. I mean, I, I I think the real diehard fans of you know Premier uh, football, um, they they're they're very passionate about what this is going to do, and for some for an American who says, Hey, what's on NBCSN? Yeah.
0: It's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. And I get my leagues confused anyway, but (laughs) the idea that this, this is going to go elevate the championship league, you know, elevate the championship league, sorry, the uh, super league, and then diminish everything else because, well, who wants to play in any league that isn't, the Super League. So you have your English Premier League, your Italian League, your um, – what was the other nation they're drawing from? Not the Germans. The Spain. The Spanish. Spanish. The Spanish. So if you, like, just gut those three leagues, well, you can go, congratulations, you used to be – the uh nhl now you're the khl or now you're the A. it makes
0: sense to me like I, I, it, it would be like a texas has its own football league i mean that's the equivalent of like the, e, the like the epl would be like you know texas or like just like new england said like okay we're gonna have a baseball a baseball league here uh, here in this like really tight compacted area when you could very easily have one unified league uh you know, like the United States does and this, like, you know, just have one European league. It would be like the teams would be so much better when you're drawing from player pools that are that lo- that much larger.
2: And I agree with you. The only thing is it already exists. It's called the Champions League. It's a tournament. And the reason why I think that that format is better is because, A, you can have teams qualify from more of Europe. So you can have teams from the Turkish League and the Dutch League uh, and other places And it allows you to also have your home league structure that you play on the weekends. And then you can have the tournament in the midweek. So you sort of are able to have the best players playing in all of these games. If you were to open it up to, I mean, I guess that would kill off the super league or the the champions league. If you have a super league, but then it's not as wide, you know, it's not as wide. You're not going to have as many European countries sort of bought in to the super league. Um, I, I just think that it's – what you're suggesting, like what would be good for the sport, having a, a European-wide competition that is every year, like that already exists. The, the the Champions League final is the most watched, other than the Super Bowl, sporting event every year. That's It's this this the second highest rated globally every year. So it's a very popular
0: tournament. But um, look, I, you look at these teams that are in this Super League, and they're always good. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much always good anyway. Right. And it's partly because just, the
2: rich get richer. You, they keep going back to the Champions League. They can keep, keep buying the greatest players. So they sort of are already in this Super League to begin with. They're just now going to separate themselves, play more games against each other, and eliminate I, I honestly them. don't know.
0: How does a bad team in soccer get better?
2: You spend more money on getting a better player. Okay.
0: So... <laughs> So it so it's almost it sounds to me it's it's virtually impossible to be bad and become great in in Unless the, in so the EPL. It's impossible for like I don't even know I don't know a Wolf a Wolford or whatever to be like top premier because they're just not making the money. Like they would have to grow a, a superstar and then sell that superstar. And that's what they do. But, the, you, but that's, that's – like, you don't get to keep your superstar?
2: Well, the idea is that when you achieve – as you go up in the leagues, you also get bigger fees from advertising as you're in the higher leagues. We don't have an equivalent here in the United States. Basically, it would be like if the bottom three in the National League dropped down and the top three AAA squads came up. But there's
0: a rebuilding process when you have – like, the American system of, like, you know – You finish last, you get the first draft pick. That to me is like, okay, it's a path for everyone to be successful with their own like wits, like using your own wits. You can get out of the cellar and be, you know, not only like a flash in the pan one time winner, you can, you can be a consistent contender. um, You know, if you play all of your cards, right. This just seems like, yeah, you can catch lightning in a bottle uh, maybe one season, but in order to sustain that, you like really can unless you have endorsements and jersey sales and and I don't know TV. I don't know I don't know how. But really, what it comes TPL down to teams, is
2: these academies, like having the ability to attract a kid at 14 or 15 who is a regional phenom, who you've been able to scout and be able to take at an age that's you know very tender, you know, or or go into another country and sort of pluck them out of obscurity. Um and uh you know, maybe go off to Naboo and find a Padawan.
1: Um I was gonna make that joke, but I didn't want to <laughs> interrupt you. But that's you. what you have, to, you have to
2: find, sort of the the young undiscovered, and you have to sort of bring them into your fold, bring and them up to the 17s, 18s, 19-year-olds, and how then did that turnout. And doesn't. then what? I'm not saying that this isn't you know, it's it's just the difference between how European and it's it's sort of globally how how football, soccer works versus what the American, there is no draft for the premiership. There's no premiership draft day. All of these kids are all raised playing in these academies. And then you sell them to each other. You loan them to each other. There's just so many people playing the game that they're able to fill these rosters the way that they do. Um, And that's why America, the NFL keeps trying to make, the you know american football a global game they keep trying to do it it just doesn't work the model doesn't replicate other places um for some reason because everybody played soccer around the same time culturally it just grew up this way and it just was able to work because people were playing it everywhere in the world sort of except the united
0: states let's talk let's talk about a team that Hey, if if there was relegation uh, in Major League Baseball, maybe we uh, wouldn't have gotten to see about seventy five years of Phillies baseball. Uh, <laughs> okay. So let's talk. Let's talk about the Phillies, who probably would have spent a majority of their uh, their, their their existence in the minor leagues. Um, the Phillies, are an interesting week this week. Uh, we got to say that the high point was Aaron Nola, right? Yeah. Uh, to to hit complete game shutout, first shutout of his career, first complete uh, first complete game of his career, first complete game shutout of his career. Um, first complete
2: game nine innings because he had pitched a seven inning complete game last year.
0: Oh yeah, in a doubleheader. But
2: Without even he says it doesn't count.
0: Right. Uh. So I <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm like the guy who I still don't believe in Aaron Nola. Really. Uh, apparently, I disagree because that was
1: not a, a <laughs> thought. That was a missile reaction. How do you mean you don't believe in in Aaron Nola? Do you, do you not believe he's a legit number one? Like, do you think he's
0: no? Upper I think half he's a, I think, think he's rotation? a one. Okay, uh, I think he's like a one B though. Oh, and like he 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 is a top of the rotation pitcher. Obviously, he is R number one starter, right? We don't have anyone better than Aaron Aaron is our best pitcher. It's great. I just don't, I mean, like, I know, like, um, uh, like, like baseball of America or whatever would say he's like the ninth best pitcher in baseball or something like that. And it's just like, I don't, maybe it's a consistency thing for me. And maybe I just don't feel like he's like day in and day out, like every fifth start, I know I'm going to get seven innings, one or two runs, and the opposition's really gonna have a tough day.
1: I, I feel like he's not doing that throughout the whole season and and maybe he's having a few more down games than you would like, you know, a little more touchable games, a little more human games where it's like, okay, he's gonna need a little you know some decent run support to win. But when, when Nola's pitching more times than not, I feel really damn comfortable. I feel you know excited for him to take the mound. And I still consider him a young pitcher. Before I was gonna make that point, I think I think he might be getting out of that window. He's in his eighth year, I think. His eighth year, really. Yeah. Wow. Um, so okay, so he's older than I'm I'm giving credit for. Really like um, his Fourth
2: or fifth, where he was considered the one or two in the rotation, but I think he's in his eighth his eighth year of major league service.
1: Okay, yeah. See, I was just thinking he had he had like found his groove, and you know, for the next half a decade, we should expect Aaron Noah consistent lockdown number one, you know, starter, number one pitcher. And, and I'm trying to really,
0: I, I'm trying to really put myself in the position of. You know, a Braves fan, a Mets fan, a Nationals fan. If I'm, if my team's facing NOLA, am I like, all right, this, we're, you know, we're, we're probably not going to win this game. And just check. And I feel that way when we play DeGrom, when we play Scherzer, not so much Freed. So, you know, I know that I'm not really super terrified of Braves starting pitching, Um but.
1: uh just uh, to follow up Noah will be 28 in June so that is older than I thought I was I thought he was a, a year or two younger um yeah I I don't know he, is it his style of pitching that makes it different that de is. I mean I'd love him if he was on the fills, but he's just so frustrating. You know, you, you watch him and it's just like you see the, the batters leave the plate like, well, we're not hitting them tonight. You know, we, yeah. we better hope to get, you know, to get lucky and, you know, he loses his stuff around the eighth inning and maybe we get one run. But I I don't see that from Nola either, but he's. I, it's I mean, I guess the Cardinals that. would
0: tell you he's he's great. I think he is great, though. Yeah.
1: I think he's great. Maybe he's not flashy. Maybe he's not best of the league. But if he's your 1B, if, if, Dave, you project him out to be, I would rather him be my 1B, holy God, our our lineup's great. You know? <laughs> so I, I'm i definitely higher on Nola than you are. I, I have a lot more faith in him than you do.
2: I, I think one of the overused terms – in sports is uh, the ace of a staff. I think that there are a lot fewer aces um, in the deck that is the National League and American League than people probably um, would care to believe. I don't think every team has an ace. Um, I think you can have a, a a number one pitcher, but I don't know that everybody has an ace, um, which I think is one of those things that made what we had with Cliff Lee and Roy Halladay Special when you have not only two number one pitchers, but two guys that were truly aces that either one on their own could carry an anchor a staff and be in contention for a Cy Young we year in and year out.
1: Um, I think you're contractually required to mention Joe Blanton. Yeah, (laughs) I think that was the agreement that like we can't talk about the aces on that squad without mentioning Joe.
2: And even within that context of that conversation, I feel that when you talked about Cole Hamels, who I love, and, and um, oh, crack, who was the the fourth ace? Um, uh,
0: Did you get Roy Oswald?
2: Roy Oswald, the other Roy. Thank you. Um, I don't think that it ever panned out that we had four aces, you know, no. that year. We had, we had a great year, but we had two aces. You know what I mean? Um and that's what I mean by overuse. I don't know if Cole Hamels, other than like 2008, was a true ace. You know what I mean? Has he ever been that good again? Yeah. Certainly I mean, wasn't the ace of the staff in 09.
0: Like Sunday, Aaron Ola was unhittable. Like he was great. His next start, and he, he may be like pretty good. Right. You right. I mean? The, the, I mean,
2: the difference is, of course, sort of what you were saying is I think it's consistency. If you think back to those years, and my better example for consistency has always been Cliff Lee. I think that Cliff Lee gave you almost the exact same performance every single time he took the ball. Uh, Roy Halladay gave you maybe more spectacular highs, but I feel like just Lee was just his stuff was always the same every single time out. Um, so I think that that's the difference between an ace and a number one pitcher or considering an ace long-term, you think back to guys like Greg Maddox, he did it for a decade. You think back to a guy like, you know, even whether you like him or not, a guy like Roger Clemens, there was never a doubt that Robert, Roger Clemens was going to approach 17 wins and eclipse 200 strikeouts. Like those, those are things that were given. Uh, Randy Johnson is another one. Um well what about a guy like Cliff st- uh, Kirk Schilling was an ace his entire career no did he have ace like seasons absolutely 93 01 um 06 probably but he wasn't the ace
0: going into 93
2: right but um, th- that's the thing is like there you can have ace like years i think Aaron Nola probably over his career will have years where he play- pitches like an ace will we at the end of his career consider him an ace of the staff the ace of the staff uh for his era
0: i don't i don't he's a don't, no doubt about it he no doubt no doubt about no doubt about it, no doubt about it wall of famer <laughs> already yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think he's definitely got wall of fame locked in it, it, Gene, you, you bring up an interesting question that and and I don't know if there's a a metric to to measure it's baseball. So there probably is of what makes an ace versus, you know, what makes a, a, a number one pitcher. But, But you, you, you did get me thinking there, especially, you know, going off of feelings or gut visceral reaction, because that's half of it too. The batters are going through that, you know, you mentioned Randy Johnson and think back to the all-star game where you know Kruk is, you know, afraid to face him, you know, <laughs> because of what he can throw. And that's half the battle right there. If you got a guy afraid of your stuff, you know, not not literally being afraid of getting hit by the ball, but but uh, going worried if he's in his head, then that that's good for two strikes right there, you know. Just
2: knowing that you're you're at a disadvantage. Before you walk into the batter's box, so exactly. you're psychologically
1: out of the at bat. Exactly, and I'll give it to both you and Dave that I, I don't think Nola has that reputation. So maybe he has the stuff to to be up there, but it's just you. You kind of talked me out of my initial enthusiasm, <laughs> which and is always. I
2: don't really think that that's a bad thing. I just think that it it's important to temper our Expect both our expectations of him and sort of how we judge other pitchers when they come along. You know, having an ace is having something special, having something that's um, better than what the other guy has. And the the one of the statistics that I always think about, and I'm not going to know the exact numbers, but uh, there was a year in Steve Carlton's career where the Phillies lost a lot of games. But Steve Carlton, I think, won the Cy Young because he mm. he accounted by for most of, you know, he won the majority of his starts and counted for a very high percentage of the team's total wins were in games that he pitched. Um, that, to me, is a guy who is a an ace. When you can have a season like that where your team is literal garbage, but you're so dominant from that position that you are able to, put your name in for the best award for that position and win the higher percentage of your, you know, a high percentage of your team's games. Um, That's that's an ace. Or, you know, and I think that there is also a difference between a guy who is an ace and a stopper. I think you can have guys that are stoppers. I think there was a guy, you know, there are guys that um, have short careers that might be stoppers for a year. I think of a guy like... um, like Dwight Gooden, he was didn't have the long career like a Greg Maddox. But when he was at his peak, he was certainly what you would consider a stopper. You knew that when he was going to come up to in the rotation, you were probably going to end on a, a losing streak. Um, you know, I think with an ace, you also have to have that sort of longevity. Um, and Doc Gooden probably could have done it for longer if he didn't have his own demons that he battled. But um, you know, Fer, uh, Fernando Venezuela, same thing. Um, I think he stayed in the league longer, but really had that rookie campaign, and then I think people figured him out. Um, those are just two random uh, examples from my childhood um, that I can think of of guys that I remember leaving a mark on me. Um, so you know, I think aces are much more rare than I think every I think a lot of baseball fans always consider their number one pitcher. That's our ace. But I think mm-hmm. if you went to like the Marlins, I don't know if I'd call anybody on that staff an ace. And I would do say you, the same thing about the Phillies right now. I don't know that I would call
1: anybody on the Philly staff right now an ace. Do you think they can win without an ace? Do you like? I mean, win game, sure, but like to be able to make it to the the playoffs and do a little damage. Do you think the Phillies can do that without an ace? Well, you can I question you,
0: was Cole Hamels an ace in two thousand eight.
1: Yeah. No. Well, that's a very. Is that where good you're place. going? Um, I wish I could say I did. It just occurred to me now. I'm like, oh, I have such a great thought. I'm like, no, it was. Yeah, we were. Um... I mean, you certainly
0: can. Um... I
2: think that Cole Hamels was certainly pitching at a very, very high level in 2008. Would have been considered by far the best of the bunch of that starting. But, you know, behind him, he had guys that were very good at not giving up getting hurt too badly in games. Jamie Moyer was not known for getting completely lit up for being the soft tossing tossing left-hander that he was. Joe Blanton, same thing. These are not guys that you would want to say were number two caliber, but they were also guys that didn't get lit up. Even a guy like Kyle Kendrick back then, he was a guy that would give up three runs instead of five. For
0: yeah, I mean, Cole Hamill's war in 2008 was 4.3 just for some like perspective, Aaron Nola's war in 2018 was 10.2. Um and that was a that was an extremely dominant year for Nola, 2018. Um and then of course in 2019 it drops down to 3.7. So again, it's like I feel like it's a it's like a game to game sometimes. Um, with him, although I will say, like, you know, the start before last, he didn't have his best stuff, and he did battle pretty tough through, I think, six innings, Um, so.
2: But like Sarah said, there's a psychological (laughs) element to that, you know, I mean, I think Cole Hamels did have a psychological edge in 2008, I think that there was a certain, you know. He
0: hit the accelerator in the playoffs. Right. And then it was just. Phenomenal. It, it was yeah. You can't beat him in the playoffs, and it's just, it's just like you know, that, like everything comes together. Just like in two thousand nine, like nothing came together for him. Um, right. But speaking of Cole Hamels, uh, it's free agent, would you would you slot out Matt Moore for for a uh, you know one final tour of duty from Cole Hamels? What could it hurt? <laughs> I mean, well, like,
1: like, most likely it won't work, but hey, you can sell
0: some tickets um, to the ball game, and oh, people will go nuts at least for a couple starts. Of you know, it might yeah. work out.
2: Yeah, my big concern is that no, uh, that um, Cole Hamels has not been healthy the last couple of years. So you know, you're 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 bringing in a guy. If we're talking about the real world, you'd be bringing in a guy who I don't know is actually going to be physically able to help you for much of the year. I think that he's just not, not ready. Friend of the show, Tim says sign Hamels. Well, um, you know, I think that they certainly have kicked the tires on it. There must be something that is keeping them from doing it. Uh, and I hope it's not just that they don't want to go over the luxury tax. I know that they, they said that they're willing to do it. Um, I don't know what kind of money, Hamels is trying to command. I think his last deal was $9 million a year from the Braves, which I thought was a very reasonable uh, ask for a guy.
0: Um, but. I mean, everyone makes more than they should. So. Right.
1: But the Phil's drive me nuts with their
0: dancing around the. the Give four and, and a half million house. to Vince Alaska. It's true, though, but that's fine.
1: Yeah. But it's. Do you want to be. The, the Philadelphia Phillies that you pretended to be from 08 to what, 11, where it's like, no, we're, we're going to be a big market team, which I mean, Philadelphia is, you know, we're going to spend money, you know, we're, we're going to go out and sign Bryce Harper for, you know, an arm and a leg. And then it's like, yeah, we don't want to go over the luxury tax, you know, if, if you're going to compete in this league, Go for it, you know? it's, yeah. And I, I know he's here until all of our kids are going to be in college, but you've signed Bryce Harper when he was one of the best players in baseball. And he should be a good to, to great player for a long time. But Bryce Harper, the special player, is right now. You know, so that's why I'm happy they brought uh, back Remuto and and paid him what he was worth. And uh, they brought back Didi. I I'm happy that they're spending the money. But don't don't look at it like it's a hard cap. Don't look at it like oh we we'll, we'll never recover from the luxury tax. If you're going to to, to play with the big boys pony up you know how do you guys feel
2: about salary caps in general do you think that it's better for sports to have these sorts of things to sort of encourage parity or are you completely against the idea of the free market dictating how much money a franchise can spend shouldn't the rich teams be able to just spend as much money as they want because then the flyers i mean Traditionally, they would spend money, never won cups. You know what I mean? It's not just about how much you're willing to spend.
1: Gene was trying to play out the commie there. It's like, (laughs) all right, who believes in capitalism
0: and the free market? (laughs) No, you shouldn't. Look, one team. Oh, shit. All right, well Dave's ahead of, kind of, of our didn't just give up a three-run block. Um, uh, <laughs> but Um a team should not have an advantage by the virtue of the city that they play in. I mean, it, a New York team shouldn't have an advantage over a Pittsburgh or a Kansas City or, you know, a Milwaukee just by virtue of they have a, a higher population a richer fan base. Um or anything like that. No, I mean everyone should kind of have the same, the same rules, and then you play, You know, you you use your skills and abilities, and while I don't know, whatever to to to. Shouldn't we to just call the these
2: teams that can't spend money? Then just call Pittsburgh. Well, get that's fine too
0: teams. if you want to do that, that. I mean, kick
2: out Seattle. You know, get rid of all these small market chumps who don't want to. You know, so then their good players can be bought up by me. That's my thought. If you can't compete, man, get the hell out. Let us rich kids buy up your. You know, this is professional baseball. This is the major leagues. If you don't want to, all right, to spend I, many- I can
0: get behind that too. If you want to just let it be like free market, like, hey, your team folds because you don't have enough. Well, then you might as well forget the revenue sharing and, like, luxury tax that, you know, gets dispersed to all the other clubs. Just forget it. Yeah,
2: let's go back to 1948. Let's do it. I mean, minus the whole racism and um, horrible spitballing and all that kind of crap. (laughs) That's the way the
1: league was set up. (laughs) (laughs) One, racism.
0: Good start. Good selection. (laughs) Two, spitballs.
1: At least I said Old War does hurt. not make the list.
0: We're going back to 1938, but without the racism or spitballs. All right, got
1: <laughs> Wait, it.
2: I want, I want to, I That's what Marty McFly would do.
1: <laughs> Goes back and vents sabermetrics with Doc Brown. Um, no, but for me, I, I I, think the the cap is part of the fun. Because when you have a league of haves and have-nots, when you're have-not, it's and and your your season's not going that well, or you know your last several seasons have not been going that well. There's no intellectual stimulation. There's no okay. Well, we have cap space, but there or- is no
0: salary cap in baseball. To your point, Gene. Right, but
1: they, you they just act like push through
0: in. and get taxed to to oblivion.
2: But that's the thing—is like you're you're still dishing out punishment and. Rich but don't act don't like Philly
0: tax. would be some hot shit if there was no luxury tax.
2: I I don't know that that's true. I'm not saying well, that it wouldn't
0: be the. I don't think we'd be the biggest baddest monster on the block.
2: No, no, we probably wouldn't. But you know, what I mean, I I, I I may be taking a bit of an extreme position on this you're, issue. You're, you're enough, but. I think it is an interesting position. <laughs> this is extreme. Extreme. See, I'm wearing macho row today, so I feel like I've got like the juice pulsing through me because I got dice on my
0: shirt. Yeah. You all roid up and um, <laughs> I'll
2: roid it up. Pay me my money.
0: Can I <laughs> not to not to uh, turn the conversation too much, but can I ask um the two of you Uh, Which of these players you hate the most? Uh, Roman Quinn, Mickey Moniac, uh, or Adam Hazley? Which who is your ding marry kill? uh, Roman Quinn, uh, Adam Hazley, and Mickey Moniac. Wow, Uh,
2: we haven't done a ding marry
0: kill in a while. So
1: kill Mickey Moniac. Okay, (laughs) ding Quinn. Because I like his foot speed.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> where's where Foot he... speed does it for you. What's that? And, <laughs> and then, Mary Hazley.
1: Mary Hazley, I guess.
0: That's the right answer, actually. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Your surprise uh, is very much appreciated.
2: <laughs> I I think I I think I would kill Roman Quinn because like my God, like for a guy who I've wanted to root for since the minute I heard he was going to be playing in the big leagues, he has done everything he possibly can to not just win this job. You know what I mean? Like he's had so many opportunities to just be the center fielder of this team. They Everybody <laughs> has wanted him to be the center fielder so bad. And he either gets hurt or he just can't do it. Um, I don't know. I guess I'd kill Quinn. I think I'd marry Moniac Cause I feel like, you know, he just seems like he's got the most potential. Like, you know, chicks dig the long ball. And, uh, Hazley's just, you know, I feel like he's just too average. You know, I mean, he's the he's the sixth
0: of the bunch. So. Oh my God, I would kill for an average right now. Like, all right, none of them hit. None of them hit for power. None of them have any plate discipline. However, Quinn is fast. And I mean, never gets to use it, but.
2: You got so, to be fast to be, to be to mean anything. All right.
0: Now I have a couple. I have a couple things about center field here because uh, obviously it's on. kind of been the the big talk lately. They've been uh, center field is going into tonight's game. I don't even want to know what they did today. I, I don't know if they did anything tonight, but going into tonight's game, center field is two for forty five on the season, um, and they the center field position hasn't generated a hit since April fourth. So here's here's my question: What the hell is Scott Kingery doing? in minor leagues, I guess they're rebuilding his swing.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, how bad did Gabe Kaplan and crew screw this guy up that they need to completely, like, reinvent or or, or change how this guy's
0: And I swing I, works? I tweeted the other day, like, is is rebuilding Kingery's swing like reminiscent of rebuilding Markel Fultz's shot? Yeah. Oh, and I think anybody, that's
2: a good comparison.
0: Like young guy, a lot of a lot of (laughs) talent. They committed a lot to him early and then ruined him. (laughs) Ruined. They I mean so my other thought is Girardi's comments about Aduble Herrera and like, hey, bring well, what's Oduble doing? I mean, he can't be any worse than these guys. Which is probably true. I am not a. I am not a fan of bringing a into the team. However, to say that well, Oduble's really inconsistent and that's what's keeping him out of the lineup is total bullshit.
2: Yeah, how much and, more inconsistent can you be than the guys that are here?
0: Well, our guys are really consistent. The problem yeah, is, is they're bad. consistently awful. <laughs> so inconsistent would be means you're good sometimes,
1: right? You know? Which would be better than never. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised that Adubel's not here. Uh, as I was like bracing myself that with with the ineptitude of the the center field position, I just really thought, all right, the moral high ground, you know, that you can build upon a so-so player. Um that moral high ground would run out when when you're in a position of need. And my thoughts with Kingery, they've been pretty open. It's like, whoa, well, he's he's not going to come up until he's ready, and he won't be ready until he's ready. So whenever the swing is fixed, he's coming back up. And,
0: I mean, work on Look, it in the you big can't leagues. Take, uh, you can't take the, the... – brownies out of the oven. It's 420, so you can't take the brownies out of the oven until they're done. I don't know what to say.
1: (laughs) Kingery's got to
0: bake a little more. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, liking your prospects, well done. Well, I don't know if he counts as a prospect anymore, but um, yeah, if they see a path for rehabilitating uh, Kingery, sign me up. I would rather they do that. Uh, but it's 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 an, it's very frustrating for a season so far that hasn't been as frustrating as it could be. You know, mm-hmm. I see lots of little yeah. things to like about this Phillies team. You know, compare this with last week where we were sort of bouncing off the walls like hey, aren't our Phillies great? But I I I I'm not
0: overwhelmingly concerned by the way.
1: That center field the, the- position is just a black hole.
0: The Phillies right now are the definition of a couple of guys away from being a couple of guys away. They're missing, uh, they're, they're missing left field, center field, fourth and fifth starter, and closer. And Connor Brogdon just gave up another home run, and we're losing ten to six right now. Ooh. Jesus Christ! Um, and what's up with Andrew McCutcheon? Like, dude, it's like
2: it. It seems like age, like just literally fell upon his head. We instead. need
0: uh, – I, I think if you had to say, like, what is the Phillies' absolute need, you need a center field leadoff hitter. Yeah. That that would – and, and drop, yeah, I think would I would drop, love
2: to have McCutcheon in the eight hole right now.
0: Uh, well, um, I'm trying to think. He would probably be the seven hole hitter, right?
2: Who would be your eight hole in that case? If you're going to – I'm assuming new center fielder – is your leadoff man.
0: Well, who bats seventh now?
2: Uh, usually whoever is at second base or does Segura bat sixth?
0: Segura sixth. Then it,
2: no, isn't DD six? No,
0: DD six. Yeah. So it's Segura. Right. It's um, second base. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess McCutcheon would be eighth based on this, just the track record of the season. I don't know. I don't know I think they kind of are a 500 team at this point.
2: They're gonna have to do something to change the the momentum or else they're gonna they're gonna win win to lose to sort of the way out
0: yeah, yeah it's a bit of a bummer, but like you know you gotta come th- I mean you got yeah, they are what they are you know you gotta you gotta you gotta realize it um, but we'll see I mean maybe something maybe one of these guys will step up. Maybe we'll make a move. You know, I don't know what kind of um, resources we have to make a big move, but mm, I don't know. It's like you miss on that draft. Like if Moniac's not the dude, again, it's like scouting, man. It just kills us. Uh, our scouting is terrible. Anyway. Hey, Gene, we're Riverboat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this has
2: anything to do with my, my gambling addiction.
1: <laughs> All things do, Gene. That's one of the first steps that you're going to have to tackle here. I just need to admit that. Yes.
0: Remember Gene has a, a game for us <laughs> to play.
2: <laughs> it's not This really is a of a, uh, more of a long-term project, like I think most things in baseball are. Um, so I've come up with sort of a um, – just a – a thought experiment sort of for the show. Uh, And what I want to do is build a Phillies team with the best possible player, in my opinion, or our opinion. Okay. But I've put some restrictions to eliminate some of the more obvious choices from this roster. So I'm sort of calling it the Sillies because – Doing putting these sort of restrictions on, on what you're doing is is silly. Um, but I still think it might be fun. So here is the object of the game. So what we want to what we want to do is over the course of the next several months, it it, it may take, unless we start
1: <laughs> doubling up. Okay. Um each week I'm so happy I committed to this without knowing the
0: details. <laughs> Go on.
2: Each week, we're gonna choose a position on the on the roster. Uh okay. we're gonna start with center field and um why not you have to choose you have to choose we're going to choose a player to represent that position from all of the players that have played that position for the Phillies and here are the rules you cannot pick a player that played outside of our lifetime his career outside of our lifetime okay you cannot pick a player that played on any of the of the world series rosters so nobody that played on 80 83, 93, 08, or 09. None of those players are eligible. And most important, oh, did you say 93? Yeah. Oh uh okay. 80, okay. 83, 93, 08, 09. Okay. Uh, and maybe the most difficult thing, you can also not be a member of the wall of fame. If you're on the wall of fame, even if you were crap and you know, even if your teams were crap, Mike Lieberthal... Um, you cannot represent mm-hmm. your position as a
0: CIL. Is there, is there a <laughs> list of the Wall of Fame uh, people?
2: I did look up the
1: Wall of Fame. That's did how I, I knew. Like, there, so it, it exists
0: hand. somewhere? All right. Yeah.
1: I imagine yeah. it's constantly scrolling like credits <laughs> as names keep being added to it. Who, Boy, this is going to be a god-awful team, Gene. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the hope is that it's not god-awful,
1: just sort of awful. Okay, the hope is it could be, it could make the playoffs in a down year, like a down year across the league. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. It
2: could beat some other teams, all time scrub squads.
1: <laughs> Probably not, but let's see what happens. So, the, all right, so we want to get the best player, really, right? Not
2: really. Phillies fans get behind. There's nothing I like better than sitting across the table from friend of the show. Nico and just naming whatever Phillies player we can possibly pop into our head, because he always <laughs> finds a way to come up with a name that's like, "Holy crap, I forgot that guy played for the Phillies." Every time.
1: Yeah, this is a bit of a Nico special. He he would yeah. absolutely uh, eat this game up. But yeah. oh boy, there are some really really bad baseball teams we're gonna be picking. Not even the best players from because they're all on the wall of fame. But I'm right. I'm interested to see what you did, team.
2: <laughs> so to start it off, and I think this is maybe how we'll how we'll do it. I I am gonna bring the nominees to center field for center field to the group. And then I think sort of like the way they pick saints or popes, um, we should do it by acclaim. So okay. I have the the chimney ready. So when we wanna acclaim the, the center fielder, I'll let the red smoke go up.
0: Okay. The second we we
2: we're not ready, really, it'll, be, yeah. it'll be the powder blue smoke.
0: Well, okay. welcome to the College of Cardinals. Okay, yeah. so,
2: it's baseball heaven at the College of Cardinals. Oh my
0: god! Uh... <laughs> All right, go so, ahead. All right, here go ahead, right, Gene. Who are the candidates for center field?
2: So I, I had I had five, but it was some of it was just absurd. So I've narrowed it down to three. five. Yeah. So I narrowed it down to three. Basically there were five guys that qualified. I think six. Um, So I've narrowed it down to three who I think are legit possibilities for various reasons.
0: All right. Can I, can I give you who, who I thought you were going to like, cause I, I misunderstood the directions. I thought there was going to be nom. we are going to have to bring nominees. So okay. can I, can I put mine in there?
2: Sure. And if, if we agree, well, have, that'll be the first nominee.
0: Okay, I was going to say that Aaron Rowan was going to be on your list. He is on
2: my list. That is a Uh, great nominee. Uh, And I will tell you, it was between two guys that I was going to nominate as sort of the really good player, fan favorite, only around for a short period of time guy. Do you know who the other one was? (laughs) Same time period.
0: Well, the other guy that I was thinking like in my head would, would be Doug Glanville.
2: Doug Glanville is, is also on the list. Man, you're going to just okay. eat through it. There's only one other guy. Um, the other guy that I was thinking was, do you remember Ben Revere? <laughs> yeah, ben Revere played center field. Fan favorite, short time.
0: Wait, but, can I, mean, I meet Aaron that Rowan, fan? Think, <laughs> Which fan favorite? <laughs> it's, Some, it's
1: someone Somebody thought he was really to Paul Revere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Aaron Rowan got the nod. Uh, Doug Glanville And we'll talk more about him in a moment Any okay. thoughts on the third guy? I will say it goes back to the mid-80s Another sort of short-termer But like a long-term classic Philly Uh,
0: Mid-80s? 84-85 mm-hmm.
2: center fielder A PHL 17 staple in my opinion
1: Not jumping out to me. Von Hayes.
0: Oh, did he play center?
2: He did in 84 and
0: 85. Oh, for some reason I remember. I I always thought he was a right fielder.
2: I believe he did play uh, like all of the outfield positions. I think he played most of his career in right field. But in 84 and 85, he was the Philly that played the most, uh, you know, most games at center field.
0: I'll take you. I'll trust you on this one. All right.
2: Well, you don't have to trust me. You can trust my good friend. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not far going
0: far. to double-check your work. I trust that you do. You are accurately relaying that game. Yes.
2: So, okay. <laughs> so you have, you have Von Hayes. I don't know
0: if I love or hate this game. All right, go ahead.
2: <laughs> you have Von Hayes, you have Doug Glanville, got Aaron Rowan. I
0: okay. think those
2: are the guys that would be the most – there are other people that are qualified within my restrictions. I was actually surprised Von Hayes was not on the Wall of Fame. He's not. way.
0: So I'm surprised Call the too. nominating
2: committee and find out what's going on over there.
0: Well, I th- um, didn't we trade, uh, like a boatload of talent for him? I believe we did. I believe I think we that did. kind I of know. sours the yeah. whole Von Hayes. I, yeah. Von Hayes is a, it
2: was, was a very good player. I gotta be honest. I was honest a young
0: lad. This. Uh, so my knock really... against
2: Von Hayes is that I remember him more like as like the same way you remember a lot of things from early in your childhood. Um, what did, what did Princess Leia say in Return of the Jedi? It's it's mostly just feelings. It's mo- I don't really remember what Von Hayes looked like, but I've got feelings. I remember feelings about Von Hayes. I remember being happy. traded
0: had five guys squad. for Von Hayes, so, Oof. including not, Manny trio. So that's Not worth it. Yep, there you go. Tim, Tim, Tim got it. Five for one for Von Hayes.
2: Right, there you go. Thanks, Tim.
0: Uh, <clears throat> all right, so what do we just say? Who, who, you, like who you throwing your support behind?
2: So right, like who? So you know, I have a, I have an opinion. If I need to sort of weigh it in, if the two of you sort of, sort of split, um, I will say that one of the people on this list is one of my all time, all time favorite players. And I, unfortunately, since the two of you have spent a lot of time with me, you probably know which one of those is one of my all time, all time favorite, favorite players.
1: Are we including the, Doug Glanville's? television work. I think you can, you can, <laughs> you can include, uh, you can also include what he, what his,
2: his, his thesis. I think he had a classic thesis on what, what, you know, on, on baseball,
0: um, whatever,
2: whatever you need to do to, to make your mind up. All
0: right. I, I just want to go just so we can move on.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's mercifully end this project that we just started. But Aaron I- Rowan I- has
0: <laughs> a signature, classic play on his resume. And it is, it is epic. Uh, and it's, it goes down in Philly lore. And, you know, I've told stories of to my son about it. And like, I, I wasn't at the park that day, but I, I remember watching it happen and it was just incredible. And I'll never forget it. And it's like one of those like Philly plays uh, that just goes down in history so I get I get the short time frame I get maybe he's more remembered as a white sock than he is as a Philly but ultimately I really don't care I I would put uh I I, I nominate Aaron Rowan for the sillies I <laughs> uh,
1: I second that nomination I still don't like the sillies but we're going with it um I Doug Glanville was just extraordinarily competent um (laughs) you know it seems like a great guy to have around the 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 club but no aaron rowan um i think it's just a better player had uh, a more memorable moment for the phillies and and dave you had mentioned like you weren't at the the ballpark for it and i wasn't either but man do i feel like i was I, I just, how often that scene was replayed, I watched it live and just, it was on a loop for like three months. It was just this embodiment of what Philadelphia wants out of the player. So, um, yeah, I second the the nomination for uh, for Aaron Rowan.
2: And uh, it, it, it's not, I, I don't want to argue against that because I, I, I tend to agree with everything that you guys said. Um I, I love anybody that's going to be willing to literally run through a wall. There hasn't been a time since it happened that I haven't walked into Citizens Bank Park and looked down at that fence and been like, man, that that's the spot. You know what I mean? I, I sort of feel like if I ever got the chance to walk out the center field, I'd want to sort of like lay hands on that part of the fence and be like, you know, this is where Aaron Rowan literally bled for for the team against, I believe it happened against the Mets, I think is also what makes it uh, even more special. Um, so I have absolutely no argument against making Aaron Rowan the center fielder of the Sillies. Now I will say one of the other caveats for this team is that of the nominations, when we, when we, when we need to, to, to put together a bench um, it's, it's okay to bring one of these guys back. So Doug Glanville, Vaughn Hayes, don't give up hope. You might be able to sneak onto the bench.
1: Awesome, Gene. Thank but, you. <laughs>
2: but Doug Lample is one of my favorite all-time players, partly because uh, I saw him do two of my favorite things in a baseball game live when I was a kid. I saw him once hit a ground rule double. I love a good ground rule
0: double. Wow. High and I once saw him hit a in-the-park home run. Okay. Nice. All right. Um, well, so we're getting... We're, we're getting, uh, getting, uh, late here. Um, so Gene, uh, once you, uh, once you lay hands, uh, make sure you wash them before you go to a penalty box. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you. Cause when you lay hands on something, you have to wash them before you go to a, <laughs> a penalty box. Um, but Dave, I'll throw it right back to you because I don't want you to have to follow
0: whatever Gene's doing this week. <laughs> so um, Dave, who is in your penalty box. It's good. We got an off the rails uh, an off the rail show going. I love it. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna put Zach hample into the uh, into the penalty box uh, this week. If you watched the game last night, uh, Bryce Harper hit a uh, hit a Homer and Zach Hample came flying down the uh, flying down the steps. Really ate it pretty hard, uh, wiping out, trying to get, I believe, his 67th home run ball that he's ever um, retrieved. And, look, uh, <laughs> do you guys know who Zach Campbell is?
2: Mm-hmm. Just that he's the guy that does stupid shit for home run balls.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, he That's does, crazy, like, a lot yeah. of, like, charity work and stuff, too. It's just, like, I can't – I cannot abide by a grown-ass man – Uh running around like that for a baseball i I just i don't (laughs) i don't know he's got a glove he's yeah he's camping out for these things he's making youtube videos about catching them it's just i don't know to me it's like super lame um and like you're really like how what's the like wh- wh- how many more do you want and there's so many fans out there that would love to have the experience of either catching a home run ball or you know i don't know getting a home run ball tossed to them or, or having the opportunity i would love to catch a home run ball to give it to someone like i right. you know you get a home run ball it's like yeah i got it all right it's like where's the kid like poop here you go right. yeah. you know whatever um
2: that's the highlight no. i went on sports center
0: it's a yeah. little it's a little it's a little lame that that's your shtick. I don't know for, so for that I'm putting Zach Campbell not only for the uh the home run routine but just really for the epic wipeout on uh on television last night
1: all right Zach Campbell for running after relatively obscure home run balls in lieu of a personality. We're happy you bit it now bite a five minute major for being a thief of joy. Uh, Gene, Gene, who is in your penalty box this evening? Me. I'm in the penalty box this evening.
0: Oh my God. More Go sense. on.
2: Well, I don't know if you've ever done this. But I did this last night. So the the lady in my life had had a rough day at work. So I was letting her know that um, I was finished work myself, and um, sent the 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 text that was something like "all done, babe." Emoji. But my dumbass didn't send it to the lady in my life. I sent it to my mom. <laughs>
1: So I get
2: a penalty for texting sexy emojis to my mother.
0: She, uh, she was an eggplant involved in this, <laughs> in this emoji string or nah?
2: No. No. Just like the kissy face and the uh, the red heart, you know.
1: No eggplants. No peaches. Could it- could no peach,
0: one. no peach eggplant, um no. j- water droplets. No <laughs> situation. No. Okay. I'm just I trying to mean. gauge how terrible this event actually was.
2: Right. No, not no. I don't think I need like a 10-minute misconduct, but
1: yeah. No, Gene, um, so your penalty, I I always knew you were complex. I just didn't know it was an edible complex. <laughs> um Gene, you're getting a double minor. For texting your mom <laughs> inappropriate emojis. Double minor for texting the wrong person inappropriate emojis.
0: You got to get on DD Gregorius' uh, emoji game uh, for some of that. <laughs> Sarah, who's in your penalty box? All right. So I am happy. Um,
1: not that this th- these people exist. But I'm happy that uh, I was able to get this one and that the tweet... Is still up. Um, if you are listening to this, or if you're watching the stream, um, you probably already know about this, but it would be criminal to ne- to, to neglect mentioning it. So um, today um, was a was a, a big day um, in American history, and I, I don't feel like I'm I'm phrasing that properly because it wasn't necessarily a happy day, but it was an important day. Um, the the um, Derek Chauvin uh, trial uh, for the murder of George Floyd concluded today um, and a verdict was presented and he was found guilty on all three charges. And there are literal celebrations in front of the courthouse, celebrations in the street. Uh, President Biden... Um, commend it. A lot of people said that the right decision happened today. And unfortunately, after the events of last summer with the protests and all, brands and sports teams feel like they need to, to, to have their voice in this. And that's not necessarily unfortunate. I do think um, sports teams are uh, a source of influence and a source of... Um an important voice in in social movements, but you gotta say something good. And the Las Vegas Raiders did not. Do you remember the uh the one tweet that went viral and then was deleted after Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away in close proximity to Chadwick Bozeman with the Ruth Conda forever? Yeah. <laughs> this is like a much more serious version of that. The Los Angeles sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders wrote, I can breathe for 2021, echoing the you know final words of George Floyd. I mean, poor taste is the 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 best way to put it incredibly stupid and tone-deaf. Like I can breathe. No, George Floyd cannot breathe. He is dead. You know, like I can breathe. Like, why, why, why do a play on someone's last words when they were murdered? And not only was this um posted nearly three hours ago not to leave, they pinned it. It's their pinned tweet. Somebody's Fucking proud of this <laughs> I am dumbfounded that some someone could be so stupid and you know I, I, I've worked myself into a bit of a tizzy like I've got the anger up but my god it's I, I said to someone on twitter like the onion must have just thrown their hands up like okay what are we gonna do now you can't, can't parody that, that. You can't beat that. So the the Las Vegas Raiders and your social media marketing team, your uh, anyone, anyone in a position, anyone who knows the telephone number of the person who has the password to your Twitter account, fuck it. Do the, I forgot my password. Get on there. Delete it. Apologize. I can't believe that it's nearly three hours now and nothing. So the Las Vegas Raiders, for incomprehensible stupidity, for, for, for epic tone deafness on a national stage, you are getting a full season suspension. We'll see you next year.
0: All right. That is all the time we have for today. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate review and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Podadelphia. Adelphia. Also check out the painted lines network on, uh, on YouTube or wherever you, you absorb your content on social media for wall to wall, Philly sports coverage. Uh, Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, gambling—the whole, the whole nine yards—they got it all. Also, if you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure, be sure to check out the Whip Around uh, for all the week's weird news. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday, talking more Phillies. Um, we'll get some more uh, Sixers, Sixers talk in and. Um, a merciful ending to the uh, to the flyer season maybe and uh eagles draft is coming up as well so we'll have plenty to talk about next tuesday uh until we meet again have a great day at work everybody we are out of here i gotta get the video <laughs>